Okay, this is it. The first QP Sports Exchange podcast. I'm your host, Vince. Today we're going to talk about some football. We're going to get into some quarterbacks. We're going to talk about preview the AFC and NFC East and see how that's all going to play out. Maybe touch on a little basketball and baseball. The one thing that I want to let you know right off the bat is that this is for the sports fan. Usually what we will do is we'll ask questions about either a particular subject or um, a particular team and kind of go from there. And we'll just kind of talk it out like you would with your partners during the game. And we'll try to see if we can get you some cool information. Um, Maybe come look at it a little bit differently than you had looked at it before and just kind of go from there. So without further ado, it's the QP Sports Exchange. The NFL is, it looks like it's starting up. Uh, cross your fingers, um, cross your toes, cross whatever you need to do so we can have football season. Um, the thing that I want to talk about and the question that I want to propose is this. When did it start where it was quarterback, it was quarterback leapfrog? So I'm going to say that again. When did it start? As far as the salaries are concerned, when did it start when it just became quarterback leapfrog? The reason why I say that is because I came across an interesting stat. Now, there's a lot of quarterbacks getting paid, and I'm not really crapping on their money. I'm not crapping on, oh, they're overpaid and whatever. It's what the market bears. Got all that. Here's my thing. Interesting stat. The last time two teammates took up over 22% of the cap and won the Super Bowl was in 1994. So I'll repeat that. The last time basically two teammates, so usually it's a quarterback, your franchise, and another player, right? Um went to a Super Bowl and won was 1994. That was Steve Young and Jerry Rice when they blew out the Chargers um, in that Super Bowl. That was was a terrible game, but great game for them. Um, The reason why I say it is this, is that everybody's trying to build a team. Everybody's trying to build a team that's going to get them to the promised land, which is the Super Bowl. Last year we saw Patrick Mahomes um, not have the – the year that he had the year before, but get his team to the Super Bowl and win. Now he's making $45 million a year. Um, so it's a, that's a big chunk of change off the cap because the cap is usually is right now around 178 180 So now you have him eating up, you know, 20, a good 20% of the cap. Um, so how does that spell success? Now, we'll do an AFC West preview in a couple of weeks. 
But what I was trying to get to is it kind of leads me into the it leads me into what we're going to talk about today, the AFC and NFC East, is if that stat has played out, right, you're 26 years in, and it's been that long since you had a quarterback eat up and another player eat up a big portion of the cap, and then you had to fill <clears throat> the rest of the roster with, you know, guys who will go ahead and be at that cap level or right below it. Um, depending on how you restructure the contracts. So if you're Minnesota or you're Dallas or you're whoever you are, all right, so look at your team. You know, you got a couple guys on rookie deals who are balling, right? You got Lamar doing his thing. Um, so, you you know, now you got the other rookies who are coming in, Tua. You got Herbert who's out in charging land. So you don't have to worry about those guys. It's the guys who are now in year contract year three and four that you have to worry about because it's time is starting to tick. So you have to know if your guy is the guy. Is he going to be able to help you get to where you want to go, which is the Super Bowl? So if that's the case and you know the stat that there hasn't been a, a team or two teammates that take up 21%, 22% of the cap and win the Super Bowl for 26 years. So you look at your team and you say, honestly, can you win? Do you have what it takes to win? Now, is your guy really the guy? And you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with your football team. Do, do a little analysis. You know, don't look at the jersey. Don't look at the emblem on the helmet. Just look at the guy. So if he was on, if you're not a fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and, you know, you're looking at Tom Brady, who's won six Super Bowls, and you're looking at him at the, with the team that he has right now. They beat up the offensive line, right? They went out and drafted a guy from Iowa. They have a good running game. They got Gronk out of retirement, which is, you know, so that's a safety blanket. Um, and now they have also some huge wide receivers so he can throw to. So did he end up in the right situation? So you have to look at your team and you have to kind of do a real analysis on, okay, is my guy really that much of a difference maker? Because if you think about it right now, and we're really honest with yourself. Now, I am a self-proclaimed Los Angeles Ram fan. So I'm looking at my quarterback. Am I really going, okay, that guy, you know, if my defense tanks it or we have a couple turnovers, he can still win me a ball game. Do you have that guy? Does he need all the pieces around him to be that guy? Like Brady has played with not a ton of Hall of Famers, right? Aaron Rodgers hasn't really had what you would consider marquee names at the wide receiver position. He's had a mediocre offensive line to, to good. He's never had a offensive line that you would say that's like one of the top three offensive lines in football. But there are a couple guys in the league that no matter what, 
no matter if they are not as they don't have as much talent as everybody else they still are a difference difference maker and they can still get their teams to squeak out victories that a normal quarterback can't so right now I would think that you got Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay you got Russell Wilson in Seattle you got Patrick Mahomes this is in no particular order so don't hate at me that oh I didn't put Mahomes number one I was just getting to him so you got Mahomes in Kansas City and I guess you so said you got Breeze right Brady and you might depending on the year this year right you might put Lamar in that that sort of company but everybody else everybody else you would say they're going to need help you know their offensive line has to gel their running game has to be good they're you know they got to you know stay away from injuries right those guys those are the guys I'm talking about when I'm talking about salary and salary leapfrog with the quarterback position those are the guys that I'm talking about it's the Kirk Cousins of the world now he's not a starter now but it was the Joe Flacco's of the world guys who got paid a lot of money to captain your offense and provide success for your football team. So can you honestly win with that guy? It's just a question. Not to put a damper on the parade of your football watching season, but do you have that guy? In Chicago, they got two. They got Mitchell Trubinsky and they have Nick Foles. You got wins. You got even Super Bowl win, right? Got yards. But are they the guy? Or is it they're caught up in a magical time when the team around him is just right. Offensive line is great. Running game is good. Wide receivers making catches outside their mind. You're looking at a quarterback who is leading your squad, and he is making $33 million. When I think of $33 million, I think of, a, I think of a guy who is going to win me a couple games, in a sense, by himself. I mean, I know they can't really do it, in a sense, by themselves, but what I'm trying to say is that he's going to steal me a couple. Like, I'm going to, I'm, you know, my team itself will probably win, you know, eight or nine games. You know, we'll, we'll play stout defense, we'll run the football, win the turnover battle. But there's going to be a couple clunkers in there where nothing goes right. And do I have that guy 
who's going to be able to elevate his play and put me over the top and win and steal me a couple games. That's what I'm talking about. It's the it's the tiny it's the tanny hills of the world. And that leads me to the preview of the NFC East. All right, so NFC East. <clears throat> we have Philly, Dallas, Washington, and the Giants. So let's kind of look at it. All right, so Alex Smith is coming back. We don't know how the regime, the new regime, uh, Ron Rivera loves um, Haskins. The defense is pretty good. But it's the quarterback position, right? And we also just got a knucklehead situation out of Washington where your starting running back decided to go full, pretty much like brain dead, and get caught up in some domestic violence incident. Now, making no light of the domestic violence incident, I'm just saying, you don't have somebody around you that just kind of says, hey, bro, step away from the situation. Because remember, he's on a rookie contract, right? They were counting on him. He's going into his, I think this is his third year. So he's going into his third year. So he's about to hit the time where, okay, am I going to pay him big money? And for what? A running back, they'll give you like three to five years. A running back doesn't get a, you know, 12-year contract like quarterbacks do. So he goes brain dead, puts himself in a situation where he is now released. So the starting running back, gone. You have a quarterback that's coming off catastrophic injury. That injury that Alex Smith had was ugly, and God bless him that, you know, he's even making an attempt to come back. And then you got Haskins, right, who is the unknown. Your your management, as far as your upper management is concerned, is absolutely running around with their hair cut off because of what has gone on in this country and their lack of sensitivity until they got corporate pressure to change the name. That's what your owner is about right now. So not a lot of leadership coming from top, like the very top. And now you got Ron Rivera. Now Ron is a stabilizer. So that that's good for your franchise. That's good. But he's going to need a quarterback. And he's going to need to figure out which one of the guys is going to be able to get him to where he needs to go. So this might not be the year for Washington. Okay? All right. We got the Giants. Daniel Jones a lot better than how he was crucified when he got drafted. 
We were shocked and amazed by the goings-on in Gotham. So Daniel Jones has a pretty good, you know, first year. You have a good running back. Offensive line is still still problem. Still problem in in uh New Jersey. Sorry, New York fans. Your your team plays in New Jersey. What's your defense looking like? Now, you get Joe Judge from the Patriots. Complete unknown. And when the hire went down, a lot of people were like, who is Joe Judge? Obviously comes from the Belichick tree. As far as on the professional level, we got Vrabel, we got Bill O'Brien. Josh McDaniels went out on his own for a second, came back. We have Mangini. So the reviews are... Oh, we have Patricia out in Detroit. So the reviews are mixed, right? On his tree. Not all of them are hidden. So we'll see with Joe Judge. We'll see if a quality control then special teams coach can make the jump. I mean, what? Harbaugh did it. John in Baltimore, right? So you have that. I just don't know if the Giants are ready to make that step. They could could surprise some people. Maybe the quarterback makes a huge leap in the second year. It's hard when you come off a, a regime change, right? So now he has to get used. Now, we're in COVID, so, you know, you don't have that on-field application to your OTAs. So he's coming into a new system, coming into a whole new philosophy on offense. So we'll see how he adjusts Daniel Jones this second year, how he adjusts to that. So that's why I say Giants might not be this year if you, you know, you might get lucky, strike lightning in a bottle, but as far as looking for you to make that run, I would not put you in that category. Now on to the Dallas Cowboys. When is it not interesting in Dallas? I'll wait. So we have a quarterback who is now under the franchise tag. He wanted to play for four years on a contract. Dallas wanted him for five years. And so we got money issues that can't come to terms. And he's playing on the franchise tag. Okay. Now here's my question. Okay, it goes back to the first one. If you look at Dallas, and you got Dak Prescott, not saying he's not worth, you know, X amount of dollars, but would he be 
a steal. Like, if they kept him around $31 million a year and were able to continue to add to the defense and add to the, you know, weapons and, and what have you, is Dallas... Is Dallas right there? I mean, I think this year they're going to be scary. Everybody stays healthy. Offensive line is good. Your defense is opportunistic. You didn't have a lot of subtractions on your squad. As long as your quarterback comes to play, is not worried about the contract, Dallas should be good. If he balls out, gets his team to the Super Bowl, he's going to make his money. If he doesn't, has another, you know, Dak type year, you know, where your team is 8 and 8, you know, you're. Floating around the playoffs, which uh, comes to the last game of the season. And, you know, it's either you win and you're in, or you lose, you go home. And you just miss it. I guess now the question is, is what is the excuse now? Because you got Amari signed. Amari Cooper is a wide receiver. Uh, Gallup is good. You got Ezekiel Elliott, one of the best running backs in the game. So as far as what you need to win a Super Bowl, there's no, there's nothing they need at this point. Now, injury has a lot to do with that. So obviously, these are everybody stays healthy, kumbaya type of scenarios. So Dallas stays healthy, offensive line stays healthy, Defense intact. Running game is great. Dak doesn't make a lot of mistakes. They go far in the playoffs. But all you have to do with Dallas is pull one thread. And it turns into just Chernobyl. Just just like that. That lets me know that Dak is not the guy to pay $40 million to. Dallas, I know I know this might sound offensive. I like Dak Prescott. I think he's awesome. I'm just I just want Dak to understand that, you know, there's a dude that used to play in New England and he didn't take top dollar. I mean, you are cool with the owner, right? You should be able to do some side deals, you know, outside of football where maybe you become part owner of a restaurant. You, you know, you go in on a land deal with Jerry, make you, you know, make some passive income that way to build out your portfolio. But if you stay around the 28 to 31 range, I mean, you should be in or around the Super Bowl every single year, provided that no key people get Injured for a long period of time. But if you want to make like 40 million a year, you're not going to keep 
your defensive line. You're going to lose somebody from your offensive line. So keep in mind, it's, you know, look at Jared Goff. Prime example. Got big money last year. Running back situation wasn't what it needed to be for him to be successful. And that's me talking as a Ram fan, as somebody who lives and dies with the Rams. My quarterback needed the running back position to be special in his offensive line to take care of him. They didn't, and that team struggled. Has the best defensive player on the planet right now, Aaron Donald. Couldn't get to the playoffs. Tells you all you need to know, right? So, Dak, my advice to you, and I'm not trying to count your money, brother. Go out and get your money. But if you want to have, like, you want to be a legend in Texas, you want to never have to pay for a meal ever again, you win a couple of Super Bowls down in Dallas. Ask Michael Irvin, Craigman, Emmett. They can't do any wrong in Dallas. But I think for you to do that and to have that run where you get to maybe four Super Bowls and win two or whatever, you're going to have to really look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, am I, do I have that capability to put my team on my back and, and, and steal us a couple games a year. Do you have the Aaron Rodgers gene? Do you have the Patrick Mahomes gene? TB12, do you have that gene? So these are questions that will be answered this year. We have football. It's going to be great. Now to the Philadelphia Eagles. Quarterback has to stay healthy. Pretty much, I'm going to repeat that. Carson Wentz has to stay healthy. The defense is, is good. For some reason, Philadelphia just plays defense. Even when they're crappy. It's like their defense is good and like their offense just can't get out of, you know, get out of the way of themselves. But this is the year, right? This is the year. If you have instability at the bottom of your division, you still don't know what Dallas is. Just because of tenuous contract issues with their quarterback. Carson Wentz got to stay healthy. That's it. Get him some weapons. Make them, you know, hey, stay in the pocket every once in a while. Stop getting injured running out of the pocket. Philly should win this division. Make no mistake about it. Philly should win this division. Not because they have the most talent. Because actually Dallas has the most talent. Dallas, you should Dallas fan, you should be mad. I don't want to sound like Stephen A. Smith, 
I don't want to sound like anybody else who harps on Dallas, but Dallas fan, you should expect more from your team. But Philly should win this division because they got the best coach. Stability in the offense, meaning like it's the same system. That's another thing, Dallas fan. Welcome to the Mike McCarthy era. Welcome to that. We'll see how that plays out. But, Philly, you got it all set up. Offensive system's been around for a while. Keep your quarterback upright. Offensive line. Not a bunch of injuries. Oh, and by the way, it would be nice if Carson Wentz had somebody other than the UPS dude to throw to at the end of the year. Like, their their wide receiver core was so hurt last year. By the end of the year, they had scout team guys, and they were signing guys off the street. So keep that in mind. Philadelphia, like as far as starting wide receivers, all of them were gone. Second, the second string guys were gone. In some inferences, the third string guy. They have practice player wide receivers. Literally like from week 14 on. They were just so decimated by injury. So, Philly, rejoice. Your basketball team has not found the process, but your football team should. Your football team should win the NFC East. I say 12-4, 11-5. Wins it. Dallas, another year where you're looking at, what, 9-7, 10-6, somewhere in there. Giants, maybe you come up to, you know, everything breaks right, 8-8, somewhere in there. You're on an upward trajectory. Your arrow is pointing up. And Washington, I don't know. I don't know what to say about you. You don't have a name. Your owner is tripping. It's a mess. Figure out your quarterback situation. See if Haskins is the guy. He got a steady hand behind him in Alex Smith. Or start Alex Smith and then ease Haskins in. But five and eleven, four and twelve. I mean, like that should be really all you should ask for in the nation's capital. You're you're like on tank watch, basically. You should be looking like who is the next guy that my team is going to, you know, be a building block to build into the the second half of the 2020s. No disrespect to anybody. That's pretty much just how I see it. If you got a system that's been put together and it's been around for three years, your quarterback's been in that same system for three years, you have 
minimal injury factors, you should win the division. Everybody else in that division, you think about it, right? McCarthy's new. Dak is playing for a contract. Joe Judge is new. You got second-year quarterback, so two years, two different systems. Same thing in Washington. Ron Rivera, new. Haskins, question mark. Alex Smith, question mark because of health. This is a year, Philly. Bring it home. Eat some cheesesteaks. Win the division. No doubt. Now let's go over to the AFC East. All right. So the biggest change in the AFC East is this. For the first time since 2001, Brady's not the quarterback in New England. Shockwaves. Boom. Well, let's start with some other teams in the division. Let's look at Miami. Miami went into full tank mode last year. Full. But they forgot who they hired as head coach. Flores is no joke. That guy, he demanded that everybody play hard. He built, he's building a culture. That is not like, okay, we're just trying to win some games. No, he's saying this is not, this is we're going to win some games. This is how we're going to win some games. This is the blueprint to win games. That defense looks pretty good. Problem is, got a lot of rebuilding on the offense. You got to find out if Devontae Parker is dude. Got to get some more help. Is Tua going to be healthy to start the year? No training camp, right? I mean, training camp, but no no preseason games. We're going to put a rookie out there. I don't know. I think, honestly, you punt on this year, Miami. I'm not saying you, you don't play hard. I'm not saying you go out there and just kind of go through the motions. But if I wanted the absolute best for Tua, if I'm Tua's dad, I'm sitting there going like this. I really kind of don't want to see my son out there until about week 10. Now, there's no pressure of making the playoffs. He's seen NFL life for 10 to 11 weeks. He's seen quarterbacks prepare to start. He's seen how the team flows throughout the week. He's more ingrained into the to the playbook and to the offense. He starts to get some of the nuances of the offense. Obviously, they'll have special packages for him, him only, to make him more comfortable when he does play. What do you like? What do you don't like? 
and keep it simple for him this year. Because here's the thing. Miami hasn't been relevant for the longest period of time. Oh, yeah, they faked the funk for a little while with, like, Jay Fielder, Fielder, and, what, Chad Pennington went down there, gave them some hope. But you got a chance at having a real dude. This dude comes with some credentials. Alabama. So, you know, spotlight is not going to be a problem for him. All right? You also know that he's been in tight games. Hell, he came in to a second half. His team down took over for the starting quarterback the whole entire year and brought his team to a national championship. So, you know, pressure, no issue there. Now it's can you set up the kid for success? Can you get him ready to play productive football, get his feet wet, and then go into 2021, and then that's when Tua shows out. Because if you think about it, Mahomes didn't start right away. I'm not saying that's the best way to do it. It's the only way to do it. I'm just saying for this guy who has had injury history prior, not only the hip, it was the ankle. The ankles had surgery on it. So you want to get this guy healthy, 100% healthy. He does not see the field if there's an ache, a pain. If he has to take an aspirin for anything, I don't care if it's a migraine, do not let him see the field until he's 100% ready to go. That would be my deal with the Dolphins. Now on to the Jets. Ooh, okay. So Sam Darnold looks like a quarterback. He looks like the guy that they drafted. He looks like everything he needs to be. Now it's can we put weapons around him. Build him an offensive line. Keep defensive players. That'll be helpful. The biggest jump for Sam Darnold this year is can he cut down on his mistakes? He trusts his arm. And he should. as a quarterback, right? You got to cut down on the mistakes. Stop digging your team a hole. And I think that comes with getting him a reliable tight end. If they can get him a reliable tight end to throw to, I think some of his forcing the ball issue would just kind of go away. You have a good quarterback. I don't know about your coach. Adam Gase is just, I, 
it's rough. It's rough, man. I mean, he might be an offensive guru. He might be a guy who could just revolutionize your offense, you know, turn it upside down. But that guy, to me, does not exude leadership at all. I mean, how do you have one of the best safeties in the game? Seems, by all accounts, good team player, heady guy, keeps his nose clean. But that guy feels disrespected and demands a trade and gets out of Dodge. Jets, you got a lot of, you got a lot going on. You got a lot going on. And sometimes, sometimes subtraction can can mean, you know, benefits and, you know, leads to, you know, better locker room situation. I just don't know if Gase is the guy that you want to rally the troops behind. It's not mannerisms or anything. It's just, he just seemed too caught up in everything. Like, no, dude, handle, listen. You got to be like the CEO of the team at this point. Stop. Leave the office alone. Get your offensive coordinator. I understand some, certain guys do handle the offense and what have you. But he just, to me, doesn't seem like he can handle the team and the offense. Belichick, to me, can handle the defense and then allow the rest of his coaching staff to handle the rest of the team. If his defense, if he really saw something that he needed to get across to his players, he can do that, then go back to the game and kind of manage the, you know, rest of the way out. Gates, to me, does not strike me as that guy. I don't know if you overcome that. I don't know if you have enough talent to overcome that. So, Jeff fans, it might be another long year. This brings me to Bill's Mafia. Shout out to Bill's Mafia. Anytime that you can go through tables, you're all right with me. Bill's have, had a great season last year. Okay? They did work. Surprised a lot of folks. Got into the playoffs. Everything broke right. I'll say it again. Everything broke right. Josh Allen, still not a consistent thrower of the football. Improved, but not as consistent as you want your your guy to be. You know, like Troy Aikman. You know, you want your guy like that. If you want to use a modern-day reference, you want your guy to be like Russell Wilson. You want That's what you want your guy to be like. You, you know, obviously he's a lot bigger, stronger arm, all that. But you know what I'm talking about, consistent. Doesn't turn the ball over. Doesn't make wacky throws. You're never scratching your head at, at Russell when he throws the football. When Josh Allen throws the football, you're scratching your head a lot. What did he see? 
or he and the wide receiver in sync. He's got to get more consistent. Now, listen, here's the thing. It might break right for him again, right? Brady's not there. Uh, you know, you heard what I said about the Jets, coaching issues. Tua doesn't start for me until like week 10 or 11. So everything again could break right for the Buffalo Bills. I think this year, though, it'll have to break right if Josh Allen is more consistent. Now, the next thing with the Bills is this. It's like, okay, you you now have what? the You had the second best record in, in, in the AFC East, right? So now what happens? You got to play a better schedule. So... That's the reason why your quarterback situation has to be right. If Josh Allen plays well, doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't try to squeeze it into tight windows, that he doesn't have to. I'm talking about there's going to be times where you just got to get it in there. But I'm talking about the unnecessary ones. Has to protect the football. Now New England. Okay. Okay, Greentown, one thing you know, I lived here for 15 years. So I have a healthy respect for your football team. Actually, yeah, it's 15, yeah, 15, 16 years. Healthy respect for your football team. No Brady. Dante Hightower opting out. That might be an issue. Now here comes Cam Newton. I'm sure everybody in New England's heard the stat that there's never been a time in NFL history that a MVP leaves a team and then is replaced by an MVP. That's great. Sign Cam for a song. Here's the thing, New England. Belichick is what he says he is. New England, I don't think the run is over. I don't think you have to worry about, well, if we had Brady, this wouldn't have happened. I believe this is Randy Moss all over again. Maybe not records. But as far as record-breaking performances. But I think this is Randy Moss all over again because I think Belichick said the magic word to Cam. I can take it all away. All the doubts, all the haters, ever since you didn't dive on that loose ball in the Super Bowl, I can wash it all away. And Cam is probably more motivated for the first time in about four or five years. So you have an MVP 
quarterback. I mean, I know it was a while ago, but still, he won an MVP. A physical guy. What does Bill Belichick crave more than anything else? Play the right way. Don't turn the ball over. I know you guys have heard all the stats, right? When Cam was playing a couple years ago before the surgery injury, he was throwing at a 67 percentage completion percentage, right? Usually great ones don't lose it like that. And if Cam wants to be great, he's in the right spot. Because Belichick is a bad boy. We've seen it all, right? We've seen it all, New England, right? Lawyer Malloy. Oh, my God, you're letting Lawyer Malloy go. He was the linchpin to your defense, so. Cold thing he is, he went to, he went to a division rival. They didn't even trip. Richard Seymour, Radio All-Pro. Oh, my God, you let Richard Seymour go. What's the defense going to look like now? Brady came into his own and became that top echelon quarterback. Oh, you let Mark Rakel go. Okay. Get, we'll sign three more linebackers. I've never seen a guy... Now, the free agent situation has been going on really in earnest since, like, the 90s. So, think about it. Belichick, since 2001, look at his record. Look at his track record. It's ridiculous. He gets his teams ready to play. And this year will be different, New England. It'll be real different. You're going to run the football. Cam will be limited to running, but he'll run. You won't turn over the football. That's never been your problem ever, really, because Brady doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. But ball control, don't turn over the football. Cam throws the ball probably about 28 times a game. And you might throw it deep this year. Unlock Nikhil Harry. Unlock Muhammad Sanu. Edelman will still be the just the consummate pro in the slot. Sony Michelle has a lot to prove. The second year running back out of Alabama will be now indoctrinated into the Patriots' way. So think about that. That team who did have some defections, most notably the Hall of Fame quarterback, Tom Brady, but you can never count them out. They're they're Jason. They're Michael Myers. You can't count them out until you know they're dead.
until you know you have stabbed them in the heart. And I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see a team out there in the AFC East that's going to say, you know what, this is our time. Buffalo, you're right there. Your quarterback plays well, you might be able to say that. But until somebody has shown me that they can beat Belichick and take him out, I'm rolling with Belichick. So how I see the AFC East going is this. I think you're going to have a – it'll be a tight race. I think a 10-6, wins that division. I think that's what wins it. And I think, Buffalo, you're right there. I don't think that you're going to be a 9-7 squad. I think you can win that division as well. It's going to be a two-team race, New England and Buffalo. But until somebody knocks off Belichick, I'm still rolling with New England. They win the division. Buffalo gets in. The Jets, what are you looking at? Seven and nine, eight and eight. Check your coach situation. Check your coach. And don't put Darnold in a deficit, Jets. Protect that guy. Get him some help. But they're looking at seven and nine, eight and eight, somewhere in there. Now, Jets, if you go back down to five and eleven, four and twelve, you fire your coach. He got to go. Too much talent on that team. You should be also trending upwards. Miami, just be happy Tua's playing football. If you get if you get Tua by week ten, everything worked out. Everything worked out. Fitzpatrick did his job till week ten. Maybe you're four and six, most likely three and seven. And then Tua comes in. Savior, seen the offense, seen speed of the NFL from the sidelines for 10 to 11 weeks. Maybe you scratch out to 5 and 11, 6 and 10, somewhere in there. But if you end up 4 and 12, don't care. Don't worry. Allow Tua to go through the year, get all the information he can, stick him out there towards the end of the year. Get his feet wet on to 21. That is your goal. Healthy Tua. Regime in the right direction. A year into the system, Tua. Now, second year. Now you're starting to feel, okay, what are we going to do? You know, what free agents are we going to pick up? Who are we getting to draft? This should be... You know, a real jump up. 2021, real jump up. This year, you're just happy football is playing. You know, I'm just happy. You're out in Miami chilling. Weather's good. Just still be happy about that. But know that realistically, 2021 is probably the year you're looking to 
do any type of damage. So that so that's how it goes, right? So we got in the AFC East, I got New England winning it. Ten and six, eleven and five. I think really that's about as good as it gets in that in that division. Buffalo, you're right there. Ten and six, eleven and five. Ball bounces your way a couple times. You win the division. Jets. Absolutely. If you, if you get to eight and eight, then you know Gates gets to keep his job. <laughs> if you're five and eleven, you gotta fire that cat. And Tua, just stay healthy. Be like the most interesting guy in the world. I don't always play football. But when I do, I do it healthy. Stay healthy, my friends. And that's what you do with that. Then back into the NFC East to recap, we got Philly. This is it. Win the the division. Dallas. You should be right there unless you go into team turmoil. Giants, you should be taking a step up, but you're not there yet. Washington, tell your owner to go away. Just sign checks, bro. We don't need you in the naming of the team. We don't need you... Tinking around, messing around with the GM, and messing around with Ron Rivera. We don't need you for that. All you need to do is keep corporate sponsors, market, football team, stay out of football operations. Sign checks Daniel Snyder do that because you trying to be Jerry Jones or some some sort of reasonable facsimile it hasn't worked your team has been nothing but garbage since you owned it let Ron Rivera and his professional staff because that's what you're getting you're getting a grown up to coach your football team. So your petulance. That you've shown as an owner. All that stops. Your job. Four things right. Corporate sponsors. Market football team. Stay out of the way. Of football operation. Sign checks. Washington. If you get that this year. D.C. area. Chocolate City, y'all get that this year, you're going to be all right. If you don't, I don't care what they name that team. It's going to be trash. Owner needs to stay out the way. Okay, we're going to talk a little basketball now. All right. So the bubble's been going on for a little while. Got, you know, we're, we're happy everybody stay healthy. Everything is working out. That's fantastic. Now, who you got? Who do you have? Because here's the thing. The, the atmosphere is different. And you can see it in the play. 
I don't know if anybody's kind of caught it. I'm not saying there haven't been awesome performances because there have. T.J. Warren is a beast. Let's say that again. T.J. Warren is a problem. Yo, Phoenix, this is why you suck. By the way, just as, a, just as an FYI, this is why Devin Booker can't have nice things. Shout out to Devin Booker. A Kobe disciple. Shout out to you, D-Book. Do your thing. But T.J. Warren was on the Suns. They literally gave him away for cash considerations. They got not a second round pick, first round pick, journeyman backup center, nothing. They got absolutely nothing. Now, here's the crazy part. He was doing work before the pandemic started. He was like 19 a game, shooting like 34, 35% from three. About I think it was like 48, 47% from the field total. Oh, but in the bubble, we didn't have gone off. We almost averaging 40. We shooting like 55% from the field. And like 40 from three-point land. TJ Warren has been a problem for people in the bubble. But the game has been different, right? I don't know if you noticed it. I have, I just think that it's cool to see basketball. Here's the thing. As a sports fan, anything live, anything ready to go, I'm I'm in on right now. You know, we just, we didn't have anything. So, anything is good. So, I understand quality basketball hasn't been fantastic. And I understand that they didn't have a lot of time to really prepare and get right back into that mode. So, I definitely get that. But, Teams that played their heart out for the whole year until all this went down, no home field advantage at all. And keep in mind, before the pandemic hit, right? You have Portland thinking about next year because Nurkic was hurt, Zach Collins was hurt. They didn't have all their front court dudes. Now, all of a sudden, pandemic hits. We're in a bubble. Everybody's healthy. And now you got Dame Leonard Lillard, and CJ McCollum playing lights out. They get into the A squad. They are going to be something to deal with. I'm not saying the Lakers are going to lose. I'm just saying that nobody wants to see Portland. Nobody wants to see them. Phoenix, I see you. You 5-0. I got you out there. 
You can't get rid of dudes though. Like that's unacceptable that TJ Warren, you got nothing for him. That's unacceptable. Where would your team be if you had TJ Warren? That might be the question to ask. So we have Milwaukee in the east. Toronto seems to just continue to play basketball. It doesn't matter whether they have Kawhi or they don't have Kawhi. They just kind of get it done. Philly is a mess. Ben Simmons is now hurt. They'd have to make a deep, deep playoff run for him to even attempt to make it back. So nine times out of ten, he's done for the year. Indiana looks pretty good. Oladipo still doesn't look like himself. But TJ Warren has been just a godsend. So, but who you got? Because the West, it's an absolute crapshoot. I mean, the West is stacked. And with no real home field advantage, there's some teams in peril. I am still a doubter of the Houston Rockets. I don't think you can win like that. I don't think you can win with small ball. I don't think you can win in playoff games with small ball. You might be able to run through 50, you know, win 50 games in a regular season if you play 82. You know, put up a bunch of points and just run people out the building because you're just more talented than they are. But in a playoff series where now everything is magnified, Film work, video work. You're talking about um, players get to see your tendencies and nuances over a, a series. I just don't think small ball wins out. Dallas. Luka has been everything you guys wanted him to be. That's the other thing that we're going to do on this podcast is that there's going to be some um, talk about old drafts and how it changed, you know, a a team's uh, uh, future and and, and what it looks like and how it would have turned out if they didn't. I plan to do that some um, down the road. So, I'm into a lot of like trade scenarios, free agent scenarios. I will give you my Twitter at the end of this and my Instagram at the end of this so you can have that. So you can hit me up with some scenarios of your own. I'll be more than happy to put it on the pot. This is listener participation. Yeah, so I would definitely want to go through trades and free agency and how that works. We're going to effort to get people from different areas of the country to kind of talk about uh, subjects. So, you know, if we don't hit your your team tonight, trust and believe that your team will be hit at some point. 
we are efforting to have guests and just kind of bring the conversation along. So now my question for the NBA is this. It's really for like the number one seeds and the like the top seeds. So what do you do when you don't have actual home field advantage? You're gonna have to get up yourself. There there you can put crowd noise in, you can do everything you want. There's no stadium to intimidate you, there's no fan base to to mock you, there's no there's no yelling, screaming. You know, when the when a run starts and the crowd gets into it, there's none of that. It's going to be all about execution this year. And who you feel comfortable with. Who you feel comfortable with running an offense who's more diversified that if somebody shuts, out, shuts down one thing, they can go to another thing and continue to continue to win. Milwaukee, I don't know. You are the best team in the East, no doubt. I just don't know if your supposed Robin, which would be Middleton, is good enough to get you through. Because Milwaukee, to me, is one of those teams where they – Giannis is an absolute stud. Grant it could be MVP, could be defensive player of the year, could be a lot of things. That he's he's that good. I just don't know about your Robin. I just don't know about Middleton. I'm not saying they would get knocked out in the first round because I don't think so. I think they're too talented. They I think they're too well coached for that particular situation. But when you get into a series, like it would, ha- I think it would happen in the Eastern Conference Finals. But if you had to play a Boston, if you had to play Toronto, those are well-coached teams too. Like it wouldn't surprise me if if one or three teams came out of the East. Not because of the fact that Milwaukee, I think they they have Achilles heels. I just think because of the fact that they do not have a real home court advantage, they can't really utilize that particular weapon they would have had in their arsenal if we're playing under regular circumstances, no pandemic. If you're just playing basketball, it's a seven-game series, and you're not leaving a specific site you're staying at the same place whatever we turned it into AAU so now it's any given you know any given game I just don't know if Milwaukee has the horses to 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 do it and I can see like weird stuff winning it you know winning it or losing it for them like I can see weird things happening like just somebody that you just didn't think to go off, go off and, you know, win them a game or, you know, or vice versa happened, you know, on Team X, you know, let's say like the Pacers for some reason and, you know, Brogdon just goes off. Either way, I can see it. I can see Milwaukee getting to the finals. I can see them definitely, I can see them not getting to the finals. They should be there. They have the best player in the East. 
Giannis is a beast. Only thing I worry about, defense packs in. Do they have enough shooting? When the lights are brightest, will they continue to shoot? Or will they turn down shots? Now this next one, this is the West. So disclaimer is, is that I'm a Laker fan. I'm going to get that out the way right now. I bleed purple and gold, not because of the fact that I'm a bandwagoner. I'm not just a Kobe fan. I'm a Magic fan. I'm a Bob McAdoo fan. I'm a James Worthy fan. I'm a Michael Cooper fan. So you are getting like a real fan. I went through tough years. Uh, Remember Terry Teagle? Oh, my God. I remember Nick Van Exel. Those years. We're not even talking about like the D'Angelo Russell years, the lost years. We're talking about like 1993. Van Exel Lakers. Eddie Jones Lakers. So here here it is in the nutshell. The Clippers are the most talented team in the bubble. They have the most weapons. They have two excellent wing defenders in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Pat Beverly is a problem on the defensive end, and he can knock down a three. They got one of the Morris twins. I think an underrated pickup was... Reggie Jackson. The Clippers on paper should absolutely win this. But the West is stacked. I mean, it's stacked. Dallas. Luka is a is a problem for anybody on any given night. Portland, like I said, if they get in to the AC, oh, it's gonna be real uncomfortable for the Lakers. Real uncomfortable. And if they don't come to play, they can get beat. I don't think that'll happen. But it... Because I just don't think LeBron will waste opportunities. I think when the playoffs start and the playing games are over and it's like the one AC, it's time to go at it, you'll get... Best LeBron and best AD. Memphis, are you worried? That lead is dwindling. People are catching you. That was a terrible injury with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. This bubble experience for them has been good, though. You know, more... More actual game time for John Morant and uh, Clark and the rest of the crew. But I would not be shocked if for some reason they got overtook for the A spot. I really wouldn't. I think it could happen. And it could happen by a number of teams. That play-in situation is going to be interesting to see who actually ends up in it. I'll definitely be looking out for that. But the teams that should, in the West, that should come out the West, you're looking at the Clippers and you're looking at the Lakers. 
Portland, Dallas, Houston, you know, you're like shock, right? You're from LA. No, it's just those are the two best squads. Clippers on paper, better. Here's my problem with the Clippers. One thing and one thing only. I sometimes I wonder you know, if they want it. Just I just wonder. I mean, I don't know who's the leader on that team, but that conversation between the leader and Lou Williams, that had to that had to be a really I would like to be in a fly on the wall for that. Hey Doc, take this seriously, man. Yo, Magic City can wait. For sure. You can have all the Magic City you want after. After we bring this chip home to Los Angeles, all the magic city, all the lap dances, social distancing lap dances you want. The wings are good. I went for the wings. Come on, man. You in a championship run. And you're not even in, it's not, it's not like the last dance where you, Dennis Rodman, and you in like championship run number two or three. It's your first title. Everybody on that squad, except for Kawhi Leonard and Doc, they ain't got no championships. All them dudes should be hungry. Every last one of them, they should be hungry to win a championship. Bring it home to the la-la, all that. Clicker Nation, number, you know, one title, all that. Oh, battle for L.A., let's win, let's do this. Let's show the Laker fans, Laker Nation, that we here too. Nah, I went to the strip club for the wings. Listen, what, did you, what you do in your private time is cool. I'm not hating the hustle on anybody. My thing is, is that when it comes to winning time, let's be about winning. Let's just be about winning. And see, that brings me to the Lakers. Lakers got a bunch of grown folks on their squad. They have a bunch of championship pedigree. All through their lineup. Danny Green is a champion. LeBron got championships. JaVale McGee has championships. Once Rondo returns, he has championships. They got dudes. <clears throat> they got to find their outside shooting. That's their thing. If they stay ice cold, they won't they won't get to the finals. So every team has some sort of question mark on them. Every team has a question in the West. Clippers, are you about winning? Lakers, do you have enough outside shooting? Oh, Denver, I didn't forget about you. I got a whole little thing on you. The Nuggets are the X Factor in the bubble.
tell you why. They have, they have, they're a deep team. They're a really deep team. And this is the type of environment that would be conducive for them to win. Scares me a little bit about Denver is that they haven't done it yet. If they were going to do it, this would be the year. So this would be the the first Golden State Championship, right? The one that you didn't see coming. You know, Chuck, Charles Barkley saying, uh, you know, jump shooting teams can't win championships, right? So if this was, if Denver was going to break through, this would be the year because you don't have to worry about home court advantage. You don't have to worry about fans. You don't have to worry about past history and playoffs and all that. It's a, The atmosphere is different. It's just different. You know, hopefully the, the players' mindsets aren't, but you can see in some of the games where it's just been like, you know, dudes checking out. So Denver could be a problem for a lot of people. Like I can see Denver getting to a Western Conference final. So that means one of the LA teams is out. I believe there are four. I think there are two teams legitimately that can win. But if you had to, if you said, give me another team, Denver would be my pick. They got size. They got wings. And I'm not talking about the ones you get at the strip club. They got wings. And they have different type of wings, right? Keep in mind. They have Bull Bull and Michael Porter Jr. I don't care if you're your um Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Six eleven and seven seven one, seven two is different. Different than six six, six eight. Sorry. And that's excluding Jamal Murray. The Joker center. So that team right there, bunch of talent. Gary Gary Harris, Will Barton, all those dudes. All those dudes are shot makers. And they don't seem to worry about the moment. I just, the only thing that has really worried me about Denver is that if they get into a series with the Lakers or or the Clippers, they're looking across from them and they see Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and that you know it goes, oh, it's real now. Or the same thing with the Lakers. You get you're in a series with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Do you kind of kind of tighten up? It shouldn't because of the environment, but you never know because. Until it happens, that's why you say it was out of nowhere. Because you didn't believe it would really happen. Do they have the talent to do it? Yes. Most definitely. They're a scary team. I just think they're too young. So I have the Lakers coming out of the West. And... I think 
I think I'm going to go Boston out the east. I didn't talk a lot about Beantown as far as basketball is concerned. I just I worry about Milwaukee and their number two. Now, I can say the same thing about Boston and their number one, Jason Tatum, right? He's new to the scene as the number one option. I just think he has that killer instinct, and I just think he has a lot more around him that would give Milwaukee problems. So I got Boston coming out the east. I got the Lakers coming out the west. Hit me up on Twitter. If you think I'm wrong, I got no problem with that. I don't duck. I don't hide. I'll give you I'll, I'll give you the Twitter and the Instagram again. So the Instagram is question point underscore pod underscore events. And the Twitter is question point underscore V. Like in Vince, like in Victory, like in Valley. Hit me up. Tell me where I was wrong. I don't hide. I'm not ducking. If I'm wrong, I'll let you know. No biggie. All right. So we're going to hit baseball real quick. <clears throat> and then we're going to send it off into, into the night. All right. So first and, first and foremost, Houston. Hey, sorry. You cheat, you're going to get it. Those are brawl today as I am recording this podcast. So this will be released tomorrow. So there was a brawl yesterday when you get the podcast. Edit it tonight. Give it to, give it to you tomorrow. Brawl, Oakland, Houston. Like everywhere you go, you're going to get this Houston. You know that. Take it. You cheated. None of your dudes got in trouble except your manager and your general manager. And you guys, you guys had a lot of swag when y'all were winning. But it's easy, it's easy to win. And it's easy to look good when you know what's coming. Yankees look good. <clears throat> I worry about the injuries. I worry about Stanton. But they're deep. They're probably the deepest team in the American League. Minnesota, you got enough pitching? Twinkies, do you have enough? Do you have a stud at the top of your rotation? That's what's gonna get you out of the American League. Tampa, what what's going on? It's a sixty-game season. It's not a regular season. It's not 162. You got to get it going. You don't want to be six games out and you play 25 and you only have 35 left. That's a problem. You don't have enough games to make up the, the gap. What the hell is going on in, in the... Nationally East. And one of the legacy players is off to a hot start. Fernando Tatis Jr. 
looks better than Vladimir Guerrero, than Bo Bichette, uh, and a lot of other cats at this present time. Like, he's getting it done. This dude is on absolute fire. He's not playing around. So right now, Fernando Tatis at this present time, he's hitting 333, eight home runs, 18 RBIs. His is, here is his OPS, 1,226. Say that again. OPS, 1226. There's your leader in the clubhouse as far as MVP is concerned. 21 years old. And see, this is the type of baseball season where a team that's young can get off to a hot start and not know any better that they're not supposed to be there. This dude believes he is a star and he believes he is a difference maker and he is showing out. Fernando Tatis Jr. is looking better than Vladdy Guerrero Jr. That's going to be the other interesting thing about baseball season is we are getting to a point where we got to start talking about the trade deadline. It is at the end of the month, end of August, okay? So not not a long time to really evaluate your squad. Not a lot of time to really build relationships. So what you got, what, what can I give you to get this? And here's the thing. Because the season's so condensed, you can get off to like a 6-11 start, win about four or five games in a row, and with the expanded playoffs, you can be right back in. So maybe you're not willing to give up your, you know, prize lefty specialist reliever that is coveted by said bigger team. Oakland loses Golden State Warriors. <clears throat> Everybody gets hurt. But the A's are cool. <laughs> Raiders leave for Vegas. A's are still playing in that DeCregwood Stadium. They're literally like the the Cleveland Indians, Major League. That's what they remind me of. It's like they just get it done. Billy Bean is a witch. I, I mean that. That dude is an absolute sor- sor- sorcerer. I mean, I know they don't contend every single year. I know they have, like, laws where they go through, like, four years and, you know, and then they build up the farm system. But let me tell you something. That dude does more with less than I've ever seen. Oh, note to baseball owner. Billy Bean. Been there forever. Forever. He's seen the trends. He's seen what not to do and what to do. By the way, Daniel Snyder, that's what you do. That's what you do if you're an owner and you don't know anything. You just let your baseball, you know, you let your football people handle it. See, in Oakland, the owner allows the baseball guy to handle the baseball things. 
12 and 4 in an abbreviated season, 60 games, 12 and 4. National League West, Dodgers off to a good start. Colorado, I don't know where their pitching came from. They haven't played a lot of games at home, so does that catch what does that catch up with them towards the end cuz they're playing a lot of games out on the road? We'll see. It's hard to trust pitching in Colorado. Just hard. And I know, Colorado fan, I know you're sick of hearing of it. I know you're sick of hearing it. But here's the deal. Until you prove that you can go and have an awesome pitching staff, everybody's going to say the exact same thing. We'll believe it when we see it. Will your ERA be... 4.75 at the end of the year. These are just questions that I have. It's a little hard to tell to see who's the most complete team right now. I mean, I know that the Yankees are just, they're just deep. Dodgers are pretty deep. Cubs look great. Oakland looks great. Colorado is pitching out of their mind right now. I don't think that the Marlin thing is real. At all. What's up with the Tigers? Who saw that? This is the uh, the backward curse of Dombrowski. He leaves. Teams will get better. He leaves you in a. He leaves you with a deficit. I will tell you. I am a. I'm a, I'm a Red Sox fan. I grew up in Los Angeles. I spent 15, 16 years in Boston. Uh, I, I am a Red Sox fan. I've been a Red Sox fan for the longest time. I, I love the Dodgers, too. You know, they're kind of like my National League team, whatever. So I got my bases covered. But uh, the Dabrowski debacle is, is it's palpable. I mean, that franchise I think Boston will be like the surprise team that blows it up at the trade deadline. Look for Boston. So, if you got your eye on somebody, don't be stupid. Okay? I see you out there, Atlanta Brave fan. I see you. I see you out there. I see you thinking, we're going to get Rafael Devers. No, you're not. No. You're not getting Rafael Devers. Now you know who could be had. Make a good offer for Christian Vasquez. Make a good offer for uh, Xander Bogarts. Make a good offer for JD. Actually, here's 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 your top three or four trade eligible guys for Boston that would not be a surprise to me at all. J.D. Martinez could help somebody. And if I'm Boston, I'm trading J.D. and trying to rebuild my farm system. So, Boston, I got I got news for you. <clears throat> if Heim Bloom, Heim Bloom is built like Friedman, Look for that J.D. Martinez trade to go down. 
look for Christian Vasquez deal to go down. Young, controllable talent, absolutely staying. If you don't think Bogarts is long for shortstop and his position is going to end up being third base, Trey Bogarts. Now, Boston, I know that sounds radical. I know, you know, I know you feel bad. I know you're like, oh, hell, we don't have Brady. You're talking about trashing the Red Sox. But you know how it is. The only way to get real good in baseball is to strike when the iron's hot and get desperate teams to give you three to four top-notch minor leaguers because not all of them are going to hit. So if you have a controllable asset that has a long history of success, J.D. Martinez, Sander Bogarts, and you're not going to compete this year or maybe not even next year, load up your farm system. Get younger. Get yourself some payroll flexibility. By the way, that's the thing that in Boston they do not want to hear. We want to compete. We want to be the Yankees. We want to compete. No, they don't want to be the Yankees. They hate the Yankees. But they want to compete every year. But to compete every year, you have to have some payroll flexibility. You can't have. That's why they couldn't sign Mookie Betts. That's why when they made the deal for sale, keep in mind who went back in that deal. Johan Mankata. Went back in that deal. Chris Sale's hurt. Can't happen to any pitcher. Hell, the Dodgers need another starter. They need they need a stud before the end of the year. They really want to lock it in and say we're the team that's going to the World Series. The Dodgers need they need one more big arm. They want to guarantee themselves. A legit shot at the play, at the at the World Series, but if you're Boston and you know your window is probably a couple years away, and you have J.D. Martinez and Xander Bogarts, you gotta look to trade them. I know it's gonna hurt. I know it's you know this year is not gonna be fantastic because the right deal. Because Boston is still a, a a big market team. The right deal gets you right back in the mix if you hit on the future talent, whether that talent is a year away or a couple years away. If you hit on that talent with the money that Boston can actually spend, keep in mind, I don't think the pockets is going to be real deep after this year, right? COVID-19, no... You don't have any, uh, you don't have any uh, ballparks open. You know, no stadiums, no basketball arenas. So, for the people who are looking for the huge, huge, huge dollars this year, probably not gonna happen. If you have an opt-in, you may as well use it and try after 2021. I don't think the huge dollars will be there. Question again, Boston: Do you want to trade? 
J.D. Martinez or Xander Bogarts? What do you need in return? What would be a good enough package to get rid of J.D. Martinez? Does he go to Philly? Does he go to the Cubs? Hell, does does Oakland gamble? Push their chips into the middle of the table? Give up a real nice package for J.D. Martinez? Another professional bat in the middle of that lineup? All right, so that'll do it for tonight. I want to thank everybody. Um, one thing that I want to say is that, again, um, this is something that I've always wanted to do. This is a dream of mine, and I hope that you guys can support that dream. And every week, this is what's going to happen, and it will come out every Monday. We're on all podcast platforms, iTunes, Google Pod, Stitcher, Radio Free Podcasts. We're on Amazon Music, which is a trip and a half. So we're super blessed over here. Again, the Twitter handle for you guys is this. Question point underscore V is the Twitter. And it's question point underscore pod underscore Vince at Instagram. Leave your thoughts. Leave your leave your team consideration for making trades. Tell me uh, what draft, whether it's NFL, NBA, or Major League Baseball that you want to go through. What's the year that you want to kind of revisit and kind of change history and see where your squad ends up? These are the type of things that I want to talk about on the podcast. And like I said before, we will effort to get guests so we can hit all the areas because this is not a Los Angeles podcast or a Boston podcast or a Kansas City podcast. This is an everybody podcast. So next week we will do NFC and AFC South as far as football is concerned. We'll go ahead and delve into those squads and see what's going on there and see who's going to end up winning those divisions. Like I said, these are going to be fearless predictions right here. We're not going to come weak and say, oh, well, I don't know. And then, you know, now that everything's played out, oh, yeah, I told you Tampa was going to win. No, we're going to come out. You're going to be able to go to this podcast and say, yo, he told me Philly was going to win the division in the NFC East. He told me that the Patriots somehow, without Tom Brady, was going to win the AFC East. I stand by those predictions. Buffalo, I still see you. I think you can win the division. Your quarterback got to get nice, though. Stop turning the ball over. Stop tripping. You're not in Wyoming anymore. Get it going. So those are the predictions. Those are the type of predictions you're going to have. So, again, I want to get into, you know, trade scenarios. I want to get into... You know, what would have happened if we would have done this like 10 years ago? We'll, we'll redraft. So,
So with that being said, I'm going to sign off. You guys have a great week, and I will see you next Monday. (laughs) 